0: Hi boys and girls, this is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Babysitter for a Coon by Lois May Kuhel. Kevin Matson was collecting wood for the camp stove when he heard a whirr of propeller blades. He looked down the channel that ran behind their cabin in Itasca State Park. He saw his father bring in their pontoon, a shallow boat with a propeller mounted on the rear. Kevin hurried to the landing and fastened the boat with ropes. As he helped unload some supplies, he noticed a small black ball of fur on some rags in the hold. It shone in the brilliant morning sunlight. It's a baby raccoon, Dad said. I spotted it in the woods along the bank of the waterway. Kevin had lived in the north woods of Minnesota all his years, but he had never seen a baby raccoon before. It looked like a house cat, except for its pointed nose and large tail. It opened its eyes, then looked about and made a soft, whimpering sound. "'How did you ever get it away from its mother?' "'The mother was nowhere around. I couldn't leave it to starve, so I brought it in with me. Cute little fellow, isn't it?' Kevin ran ahead of his father to the house. "'Mom, come look! Dad brought us a baby raccoon!' Kevin's mother came to the screen door. "'Why,' she said, "'it looks just like a pretty little kitten.' "'The poor thing must be hungry. "'I'm going to warm some milk for it.' "'Mrs. Matson went into the kitchen "'and soon came back with a small dish of milk, "'which she put near the baby raccoon. "'It didn't move. "'Kevin dipped his fingers into the milk "'and drew them gently over the animal's lips. "'The baby raccoon licked its lips. "'It's just a baby,' Mrs. Matson laughed. "'We should get a bottle.' "'That's a real problem,' said Kevin's father. "'We haven't had a baby's bottle around the house for years.' "'Then we'll have to make our own bottle,' Mom announced. "'Let's see what we can find around the house.' Mrs. Matson found a bottle and told Kevin where to get an old rubber glove. They filled the bottle with warm milk and fastened a finger of the glove to the top, then cut a small hole in the end of the finger. Kevin took the bottle and put the finger in the baby raccoon's mouth. The baby knew exactly what to do. It drank the milk and then settled down and fell asleep. Kevin stroked its fur. "'You surely are sleek,' he said. "'I just know your mother took good care of you.' "'What about its mother?' Mom asked. "'Where is she?' "'She must be hurt somewhere in the forest,' Dad answered. "'No wild mother ever leaves her baby for long if she can help it. "'This baby raccoon must have been left for a couple of days.' "'Kevin made a bed from a box with high sides. "'He lined the bottom with the softest rags he could find. "'Then he lifted the sleeping raccoon and gently put it in the box.' That night, Kevin lay on his bed and stared at the creature in the moonlight. He couldn't go to sleep for a long, long time. The raccoon grew stronger day by day. It began to follow Kevin all around the camp. He called it Pokey. One morning before breakfast, Kevin walked down to the channel with Pokey trotting behind him. He sat on the bank to watch the forest wildlife stir in the early morning light. Loons and cranes flew over the tall grass and landed in the water. Hundreds of frogs croaked, and the birds sang. Kevin loved the aroma of pine needles on the damp, cool forest air. The Itasca State Park forest was wide awake. Pokey playfully nipped Kevin's toes, and Kevin scolded the raccoon with a light tap on its nose. "'Don't bite, Pokey,' he said. A soft rustling sound made Kevin glance up the bank. About ten yards away, he saw a large raccoon in a clearing." It had come so quietly that he had not heard it. It stood still and watched the boy and the baby raccoon. Kevin remained motionless. Kevin! Kevin! called his father. Come in for breakfast! Kevin was afraid to turn his head. Look down the bank, Dad, he said quietly. I think it's the mother raccoon. Don't move, son. Kevin waited motionless as the larger raccoon crept closer. Pokey didn't see it and continued to play with Kevin's toes. The raccoon headed straight for the baby. A fly crawled across Kevin's face, but he didn't even twitch his nose. He knew he must not move. The raccoon sniffed and sniffed. For a moment or two, it acted as if it were going to walk off again, but it began to lick the baby's fur. Pokey rubbed happily against her. Then the mother turned around and headed for the underbrush, confident that her baby would follow her. It did. Kevin's father came up behind him and put his hand on his son's shoulder. "'It's better this way,' he said in an understanding voice. "'I'm going to miss Pokey,' said Kevin, not a bit ashamed of a couple of tears that were sliding down his cheeks. "'It would have happened sooner or later,' said his father. "'Even if the mother hadn't come, we would have had to turn Pokey loose in the Atasca forest when he was grown.' But, he added, some day you might see him again. Kevin hoped that would be so, and he knew just how it could happen. He would be rowing down a quiet channel of the lake when he would see Pokey, a full-grown raccoon with black markings on his face like the mask of a bandit. Kevin would recognize the ringed tail and lumbering gait. Pokey would look straight at him with his bright eyes and remember. And they would always be neighbors, part of the beautiful, wild world of the forest. The story you have heard today is from Guide's Greatest Stories, written by various authors and compiled by Randy Fischel, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955.